Hi there, and thank you for tuning in to the following message provided by Renew Church. We pray that this message will be a blessing and encouragement for you. For more information about our church, please visit www.renew.miami. All right, well, how's everybody doing? Not as good as when Carlos was up here, I'll tell you that. <laughs> awesome, awesome, awesome. Well, praise God. It's so good to be with you again. My name is Pastor Trevor, and it is a privilege uh, to be the pastor of a new church. And I'm so glad that you guys are here for uh, this service, the start of a, a brand new sermon series, OCD. And, and uh, man, just a, a great day. Today's going to be a, a, a good day. Amen? You guys ready to receive today? Yes. Come on now. Let's come alive. It's a bad thing because we ran out of coffee, but it's a good thing because I, I, I then get this like energy from you guys. You guys are, are helping me out, and I need you to uh, engage with me and to make sure that we're, uh, we're in this together because I'm not just teaching, I'm preaching, and when I preach, I need you guys to make sure that you're, you're with me, that you're following what I'm talking about, that you're picking up what I'm laying down. Amen? You got that? All right, cool. So, hey, uh, this is a brand new series, and uh, it's called OCD. And I'm OCD. I am. I'm an OCD uh, personality. And when I was in high school, I, I had a lawn business. And, and when I mowed lawns, I had this little pocket calendar. And it wasn't like a smart calendar. It wasn't anything digital. It was literally like, you know, the shape of a checkbook. And it, you know, like the daytimer thing. You guys know what I'm talking about, right? Just every day is a little box. And I lived and died by that thing because I knew when I needed to mow Miss Doherty's yard and Mr. Jennings' yard and Miss Hall's uh, yard and all these different lawns. And so I'd carry that thing everywhere I went because it's how I scheduled my, my days when I was in high school and I was able to kind of balance the schedules with school and a girlfriend and everything else that was going on in my life. So I had this thing where I didn't want to ever leave it and I, I would l tend to leave it sometimes until I, I took on this, this uh, kind of this checklist that I had. And I don't know if anybody else has this kind of checklist, but I would do this thing where I would go, keys, pager, phone, wallet, calendar. Keys, pager, phone, wallet, calendar. You guys, anybody do that? Anybody know what I'm talking about? Keys, pager, phone, wallet, calendar. Anybody still doing pager right now? Anybody? <laughs> so so uh, I, don't, I haven't seen anybody, you know, checking their pages lately. But, you know, I was doing that. I quit mowing lawns at 18, and, and I, I went into a, another job. But even into my 20s, people would say, Trevor, where's your calendar? You always say keys, pager, phone, wallet, calendar. I'm like, yeah, I know. I'm... I'm a little OCD like that. I would do that. I, I do the same thing when it comes to like getting dressed in the morning. Um, I'm a little embarrassed by this, but I'm going to go ahead and put it out there online. Hair, face, teeth, deodorant. Like I, I check it every day so I don't forget to put my deodorant on. Like that's just my thing. Hair, face, teeth, deodorant. There's a few others, but I'm not going to share those with you online. Um, but that is, that is OCD, isn't it? That's, that's kind of like that obsessive compulsive disorder, especially if you do it like three times, which there was a time when I was like literally like I just checked everything and I got it and I check it again, you know, and that's, that's OCD. But I'm not talking about OCD like that today. I'm not talking about obsessive compulsive disorder. I'm talking today about obsessive comparison disorder. That, that may not be a clinically diagnosed disorder, but it's a real disorder. Did you know that? It's a real disorder that many of us face. Theodore Roosevelt says that comparison said it, comparison is the thief of joy comparison is the thief of joy and and so what's that mean comparison will steal your joy 
In other words, let me say it a little bit easier. Let me, let me, let me make sure you comprehend this. Comparison will rip you off. It will literally, comparison will rip you off in life if you are constantly comparing. The reason is, is because you're doing good. Life is good. Family is good. Work is good. God is good. Uh, all right, let's do it again. Life is good. Family's good. Work is good. God is good. And all the time, some of y'all grew up in church, I hear you. Life is good, all of these things are, are working out, but then all of a sudden, you start noticing that someone else has or is doing or just bought something that's just a little bit better, a little bit bigger, a little bit nicer, and that's called comparison. That's the way comparison can attack you and... and, and, and cause problems for you. That's when OCD starts to rise its ugly head in your life. The reason it becomes a problem is because comparison leads to coveting, oftentimes. And coveting is in, in the scriptures. It's the 10th commandment, Exodus chapter 20. Um, it's one of these things that, that we should like take seriously. It says, right after murder, don't steal, don't commit adultery, don't bear false witness. It says, you shall not covet your neighbor's house you shall not cover your neighbor's wife or his male or female servant, his ox or donkey, or his iPhone 31 Max Pro. Translation mine. Yeah, translation mine. That, I, I give credit to where it is. iPhone 31 Max Pro. Anybody have that? Anybody have the 31 Max Pro? So, so um, I know that oftentimes when we get the new iPhone, and I didn't say 13 Max Pro, when we get the new iPhone, what happens? Like literally Apple decides to come out with the next one immediately. This guy is a genius at Apple Store Dayland. If you want to get on him for it, like, let's all like throw tomatoes or something afterwards. Just kidding, Heck. I love you, brother. No, so honestly, Heck hooked me up. He has the inside track. You know, they're 10 years out. 10 years out. So iPhone 31 Max Pro is coming out, and he snuck in to Dayland, middle of the night, pulled it out, pulled the display, and said, Trev, if you want to use this for your, uh, for your service, you can, and, and, and just you know, show people some of this. So you guys want to see my 31 Max Pro? Yeah. You're not going to believe how many lenses this thing has on the back. You thought the 13 was cool? This thing has 20 lenses on the back. Let me come over here. So here we are. Here's the 31 Max Pro. Um, pretty, pretty nice, right? It's handheld. It's handheld. You know, I mean, you, you need help handing, you know. <laughs> Let me open it up. And uh, so it's, they haven't updated the software much, but the hardware, this is a really, really cool device. And if you don't have one, well, you're not going to get one unless you're friends with Hector. But maybe in a few years, um, you can have the 31 Max Pro. But I, I want to tell you, like, that's, that's how life is, isn't it? We get to comparing, and we see what our friend has, and we're just thinking, man, I wish I had that. I think I want it, and I'll go ahead and, you know, finance it or, you know, sign my life away for it, work extra hours to get it, whatever the case Maybe. But not only is it the phones themselves, but it's what's inside those apps, right? That gets us to this OCD, this comparison. Let me take you to my Instagram here. And this was me on vacation just a few days ago. And uh, this was the Holiday Inn in Orlando. And I was just like posting and letting people know I had a great place to stay. It was a nice place, clean, really, really awesome. But then I'm scrolling and then I find out what my friend has. And like he's at the Hilton in Honolulu. Like, I get Holiday Inn in Orlando, and he gets Hilton in Honolulu, right? 
OCD, right? So then here's another one, like this is the car, this is the car that we're thinking of purchasing, and it's an Acura, it's nice, it's, it's a luxury car, and I'm pretty excited about it. I think it's affordable, and it's good on gas, and everything like that. But then I'm scrolling, and then what do I see? My friend, man, Ferrari Stradale, right? Like, I don't even know how to say it. All I hear is Dale, like this guy's like got the Dale uh, of, of, of Ferraris, right? And I'm like, man... I just, I'm thinking about getting a car and my friend gets a Ferrari Dale? Like, seriously? $600,000? That's how life is, though. OCD, isn't it? Am I right? And then we have, like, your, your kids. Your kids got a great grade. They did good in math and, and they, they, they got a, uh, an A on the, on the quiz. And you're so happy. You're so proud of them. And then your friend posts and shows what... His son did, and his son gets a $12,000 scholarship for winning the chemistry competition. Like, literally, I'm done with it, man. I'm over it. Can't even deal with it. In fact, I'm shutting down my iPhone 31 and Instagram right after this service. OCD. OCD. Obsessive comparison Disorder. That's what we deal with all the time, isn't it? It's something we go through. And, and, and Andy Stanley, a pastor in Georgia, says this, these, this land of Ur that we're always trying to get to, it's the land of uh, cool Ur, the land of funny Ur, the land of smart Ur or rich Ur. Like, it doesn't really matter what we have. It's just we see what somebody else has, and we just want Ur. We want a little bit better, right? That's, that's the way life is, and that's what life will throw at us. Sometimes, And if I'm honest with you, I could take it another step further and go beyond what Ur is, and I could go to Est. Rich Est, smart Est, funny Est. You know, I, I want to be the best pastor. And, and, and I'll be honest, it happens in, in, in circles. Like with pastors, you probably figured it out. But there's, there's this weird comparison. And we try not to, and we try to love each other, and we talk, and we hang out together, and we do these networks and stuff. And we do do these things. They're genuine but then this seed that tries to rise up, OCD, the seed, comes in and tries to say, yeah, but he's a better preacher than you. Yeah, but he's, he's got more people that go, did you know the, the, the celebrity, the, 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 the heat player that goes to his church? Like, all of these things, you know? I got an Apple genius that goes to my church. What are y'all talking about? <laughs> but we, we do that. We do that. OCD. I want to take you to a text today, Luke chapter 10, starting at verse 38. Luke chapter 10, 38, this is what it says. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made, and she came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. If you look at uh, this in context, Luke chapter 10, the beginning of Luke chapter 10, Jesus is asked what, what uh, one must do to inherit eternal life. 
And he says, you know, follow these commandments. Love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. And, and uh, so the beginning of Luke 10, like, starts with this parable of who's my neighbor. It's the parable of the, the uh, Samaritan, good Samaritan. And so in that, um, it's about, like, how to do it and, and the work that you have to do, you know, just to, to take care of those people that are in need. And, and there is some of that that's happening but the first commandment, I think it's fitting that, that Jesus says, you've got to love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, love your neighbor as yourself. And he answers the first one with the parable, but then the second one gets answered in real life with Mary and Martha. And he's answering how to love God with all you have by, by giving even his disciples there and, and those that are in the, in the audience this picture of these two sisters, Mary and Martha. Martha is busy. She's working. She's hosting. She's opened her home she's proving her love for jesus and all the while mary is just sitting just sitting really not doing anything she's she's sitting at the feet of jesus but she's taking it all in and martha looks at her husband uh, excuse me excuse me martha looks at her sister and gets upset and says lord tell me to help tell her to help me like all of a sudden comparison just ripped her off you see that like she's looking at her sister and she's like what's going on here you know this isn't good tell her to help me i'm busy i'm sweating i'm working and she's not tell her to help me lord comparison just ripped her off but jesus is like she doesn't need to do what you're doing you need to do what she is doing let me say that again she doesn't need to do what you're doing martha instead you need to do what she is doing. I did a teaching in Leadership Institute a couple of weeks ago. So Leadership Institute, for those of you that don't know, it happens every third Sunday of the, the month here at the church on uh, Sunday night, 6.30 p.m. And uh, we teach leadership principles to those people that are leaders or that aspire to be leaders, um, either in the community and especially in the church. And we challenge them to, to come and be a part of that. And I did this, uh, this illustration a few weeks ago called the cycle of works and in the cycle of works there's there's kind of like four points in the cycle and and the first one is achievement achievement is the starting point over here and and this is where we put our time and our energy and in in the cycle of works we're working hard to make something of our lives this is where we start we've got to achieve it we've got to we've got to prove it we've got to do something everything is about results everything all the, all, all it is, is it's like man Watch what I can do. Everybody look at me. And if you do that, then all of a sudden you can kind of find yourself at a place in the next step in the cycle, which is significance. Because you've achieved some great things, you can, you can finally find yourself in a place of significance. And we depend on those achievements to make us significant in the world. We find ourselves attaching our identity to what we do and how good we are at it. So our, our job, our hobby, our ministry, it becomes our idol. And, and without it, we feel like a failure. We don't feel significant. So we have to achieve. It then leads to, if we're achieving well, then it leads to significance. But if we're not, then we're just stuck achieving our whole life. But then if we are finding that significance, if we are achieving, then, then we've got to sustain it. We've got to keep it up. We've got to keep that, like, that, that, that fuel on that, that significance. So, so we have to constantly do more and more. And we, we achieve, therefore we're significant, and we're now worthy of being sustained. But if we don't get the results we think we should, then we don't deserve the vacation. We don't deserve the time with the family. We don't deserve that, that extra break or, or that little thing that we do for ourselves. Like, 
we haven't earned it, so we don't get it. So we don't sustain it. And, and it, literally, instead of coming over here, we drop back, even to the point of having to achieve so that people can see us as significant. We have to constantly sustain in this cycle of works. And then, if we can sustain, finally at the end of, of this cycle is acceptance. Acceptance. It's based on a job well done. And if we don't feel like we're doing a good job, and let me give you a hint, those that are in the cycle of works, they never do. Those that are in this cycle, they never feel like they're doing a good job. In fact, they, they constantly think that they don't measure up. Because why? OCD. They're constantly comparing to those people around them. And it's a trap. And you work, and you work, and you work, but you don't go anywhere. You can't stop achieving working hard to prove your significance, which leads to your sustenance, and then you can finally be accepted until something else happens or someone else does better, and the cycle continues. But there's good news. That's the cycle of works. Let me tell you about the cycle of grace. Let me tell you about the cycle of grace for just a second. The cycle of grace, it starts down here, and the cycle of grace says that I'm accepted. It says that I am accepted not based on what I've done, but what Jesus has done already. This is where we find ourselves when we're not in the cycle of works. You can't be in both. You can only be in one or the other at one time, but we're accepted when we're right here. And then that acceptance leads to sustenance. Sustenance is maintaining the input. A couple weeks ago, I talked about this. You remember I talked about your first 15? I talked about getting into the uh, worship and the word and then prayer and, and letting that start something that's going to grow in you. Don't just stick with 15, but... Allow that to be the beginning of something great that God's going to do to help you. That's sustenance. You're sustaining that acceptance. It's maintaining the input. A person living in the cycle of grace must take time to spend with the Lord to keep that grace flowing. And that way, works doesn't try to force you to become something you're not. Because that's what will happen. You've got to sustain it. Otherwise, works will creep in. The cycle of works will try to overtake the cycle of grace. And sustenance then leads to significance. Because of your sustenance, because you're sustaining, you're realizing who you are. You know who you are. I know who I am because I know whose I am. Amen? I know who I am because I know whose I am. And that's the significance that I find. Not in anything that I've achieved. Not in anything that I've accomplished. Not because I'm comparing myself and I'm winning. But because of the fact that I know whose I am. I know who I am because I know whose I am. And believe it or not, in the cycle of grace, it's acceptance, sustenance, significance. And then there's achievement. And then there's achievement. Because of who you are, because of whose you are, you're not doing it for the wrong reasons. You're not accomplishing it out of that like desire to, to perform or out of any kind of comparison. But because of all the things that God has done and because of whose you are, and who you are, all of a sudden you're going to start achieving some great things. You're going to start doing some great things. And God's going to say, wow, look at, look at what you've done. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Amen? That's the cycle of grace. I don't know which one you're in today, but I hope and I pray that you find yourself staying into, in the cycle of grace and not the cycle of works. Because the truth is you'll never measure up. Some will, will always have it just a little bit better than you. And that's why you can't live a life of comparison. 
if you're taking notes on your worship guide, I don't know if you knew that you had these. If you're new today, I apologize for that. I should have given you this. But down near the bottom, here's one of the notes that I want you to get. Stop chasing after something you will never catch. Stop chasing after something you will never catch. I was reading in my devotions yesterday, in my first 15, I was reading in 1 Kings chapter 4. And if you know where that is and what, what, what that finds, uh, the character in that part of the Old Testament, it's Solomon, King Solomon, the wealthiest and the wisest man that ever lived. And in 1 Kings chapter 4, if you read it, you find out like this guy had it all. Like he had it all. There wasn't a king like him anywhere. This was his daily provision according to the scripture. 30 cows a day, 100 sheep, 4,000 stalls for horses, 12,000 horses. Like I, like, I don't know what he was doing with all those cows every day. Like, what was he... I mean, that guy must have not been the, just the wisest, but also the heaviest guy that ever lived. Like, he was eating a lot of ribs, man. I don't know. But it says he lacked nothing. Scripture says he lacked nothing. So I was reading that yesterday, and I'm thinking to myself, dude, that guy's achieved a lot. But then I was looking back, and I was kind of kind of looking at uh, Ecclesiastes, Ecclesiastes chapter 2, which just so happens to be written by Solomon. It's one of the wisdom literature in the Old Testament, written by Solomon. And this is what it says. Yet when I surveyed all that my hands had done and what I had toiled to achieve, everything was meaningless. A chasing after the wind. Nothing was gained under the sun. You see... I said, stop chasing after something you will never catch, not because you're, you're going to see your friend and not because you'll never get the Ferrari. You'll probably get the Ferrari if that's what your life's goal is. You'll get it. But then somebody else is going to get something else, and that's not going to be enough. So stop chasing after something that you'll never be able to catch. Because as Solomon says, it's meaningless. It's chasing after the wind. It doesn't add up. Stop looking at and comparing yourself to what others have. You see, Martha was busy. She was hustling. She was taking care of business. She was doing what she was gifted to do, but she was also comparing. You know, God gifted her to be like that. that that's who she, she was, and that's how she served, and that's how she worshiped God. I see that. But then when she started looking at her sister, she's like, she didn't even tell her sister. She was just like, Lord, tell her. You'll, she'll listen to you. Tell her. Get up. And the Lord says, Jesus says, no, Martha, you got this all wrong. No, like, you're, you don't understand. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. Mary wasn't worried about all the things going on around her. Mary was just focused on Jesus. And Jesus says, she has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. OCD, what are you comparing yourself to today? What is, it that, what is that thing that is causing you to just literally drive yourself almost crazy? What's keeping you in the cycle of works when God's telling us, hey, Find yourself in the cycle of grace. Not grace to say, you know what? Grace is my license to do anything I want, however I want, whenever I want. No, not that. Not that. That's not the idea. But to say, let me allow this thing 
to do something in me. Let, let, let it start growing up in me to realize who I am and whose I am. And because of that, maybe God can do something greater in me than I could have ever done on my own and in my own strength. First Timothy 6, Paul is writing to his protege in First Timothy. Paul writes to Timothy and he says, but godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into the world and we can take nothing out of it. And let me tell you, so many of us have lost loved ones. So many of us have, through the pandemic have, you know, experienced that. And I would tell you, for my loved ones that I've lost, I lost my dad last, last year. He would tell you, Trevor, that, that bigger house or that newer car or that stuff, it doesn't matter to me. It really doesn't. And it shouldn't matter to you. Stop comparing Stop chasing after things that are only meaningless, chase things that, that, that will constantly keep you seeking after more. So we open this series. We've got four weeks in this series. I want you to get that. I want you to get stop chasing after something you'll never catch. And then I want you to get this. This is a note that you'll just write down. I didn't put it in the blanks, but this is it. Hope you write this down. I hope you remember this. Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you. Somebody needs to hear that today. Because oftentimes we're constantly thinking, well, he'll love me if I'll go to church. He'll love me if I give. He'll love me if I serve the kids. He'll love me if I do what the pastor's been talking to me about doing for the last couple of months. And no, Jesus loves you. I heard it said to me, and it was a life-changing statement in my life several years ago. There's nothing you could ever do that would make God love you any less. There's nothing you could ever do that would make God love you any less. You can't. You can't make him like, oh, you know, I'll make God mad, and then he's not going to love me anymore. It's not the way that works. I was in a, uh, was a Celebrate Recovery meeting a couple weeks ago. And at the Celebrate Recovery uh, meeting, Tuesday night, 6.30 here, 7 o'clock it starts, Fellowship, 6.30. But the, the speaker that night was just talking about how he went to church and he went in all of his motorcycle gear and garb and everything like that. And he went to, to kind of like try to get them to oppose him. Try to say this isn't the place for you. Try to get them to say, you know what, you don't belong here. And instead that church is like, hey, welcome and they loved on him, and they welcomed him, and they received him, and they ministered to him. And he was so mad. He was mad because he was like, God, I really wanted to say I told you so, so I could just continue to live my life. But because of the way that the church treated me, because of the way that God treated me through the church, I couldn't choose to do anything else. I had to come to church. Amen? Amen. And I want to say to each and every single one of you, Jesus loves you just the way you are. There's nothing you could do to make, you, make him love you any less. And there's nothing you could do to make him love you any more, on the other hand. So it's not like, hey, if I read for you know, 45 minutes a day, he's going to love me a little bit more than if I read for 15 minutes a day. No, that's, not, that's, that's the cycle of works. But we're in the cycle of grace. Starting with acceptance, 
leading to sustenance, significance, and then achievement that comes through only what he can do in you. Here's my final illustration, my final example of this, just to tell you how much Jesus loves you. Think about that criminal on the cross. So Jesus is on the cross, and you've seen the pictures, right? Thief on the right and the left. And the one uh, says to Jesus, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. That's Luke 23, 42. And Jesus says to this criminal, whoever he is, he says, truly I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. Today. That, that Greek word, the, the original text, is the word today. <laughs> That's good news. He tells him, you'll be with me in paradise. And to be that criminal on the cross, like, Romans didn't waste, you know, labor. They didn't waste slaves. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you were a criminal, they'd just put you to work. They'd put you under a, a, a vessel and cause you to row for the, for the military. They would, they would put you out in the rock quarries to cut stone for the Roman Empire. They would not waste a body. They would not waste physical labor that's free labor for them. You had to be bad to be up on that cross. And yet, Jesus says today. Amen? Jesus is saying to, to each and every single one of us today, I love you. I accept you. I receive you. Stop chasing. Stop comparing. The gospel says you're good enough. There's nothing you can do to make God love you any less. It's not earned. You don't deserve it. It comes through the free gift of grace offered through Jesus Christ. It was that same act for that first criminal that Jesus paid the price for, price for that is the same act Jesus paid for you, for me. So stop running. Stop trying. Stop earning. And stop comparing. Just come to the feet of Jesus, and Mary did foot of the cross and receive that gift of grace if you choose what is better it will not be taken away from you amen this morning is uh, the first Sunday of the month and on the first Sunday of every month we receive communion we have some uh, ushers that are handing out communion elements because there was a few that did not get get them on their way in. I apologize for that. If you didn't get elements and you want some, please just lift your hand and they will, they'll help distribute those right now. Apologize for that. But this is the first Sunday of the month. And on the first Sunday of the month, we do what Jesus commanded us to do, which is to remember his body broken and his blood shed to preserve us blameless and everlasting life. You don't have to be a member of this church. You don't have to be, uh, you know, officially in, in, you know, this could be your first time at Renew. That's what I'm trying to say. And you could receive communion today. The only requirement is, is that you're a, a member, you're a part of the body of Christ. That you have accepted what Jesus freely offers to you today. That gift that came because of what he did on the cross. His death on the cross. His sacrifice for you, for your sin. If today you want to do that, if you want to receive Jesus as your Savior, then I'm going to invite you to do that. I'm going to pray a prayer in just a moment, and then, then we'll take the elements together. If you don't, and if you're not ready, and you don't want to, then I would just invite you just to 
patiently wait until this portion of the service is over. But don't receive the elements if you're not a part of the body of Christ. But if you'd like to, then here and now we're going to do that. Would you stand with me this morning? And so I'm, I'm talking to maybe one person in the room. I'm talking to one person or, 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 I don't know, five people. I don't know who it is. I'm talking to somebody in the room that the Holy Spirit's speaking to. It's a full room, but there's maybe one or two people. And, 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 and I'm talking to you if God's saying, I need you to accept this. You need to accept this. Stop comparing. Stop earning. Stop fighting. Stop striving and accept the free gift that I've given to you. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? And we're going we're gonna to pray a prayer. I call it the sinner's prayer. You may call it the prayer of salvation. It's really less about the words and it's more about the heart. It's more about what is, is, is coming out of you that you're, you're committing to. And if you want to pray this prayer with me, we're going to pray it out loud together because I don't want anybody to pray alone. So the believers, the body of Christ that are believers are going to pray it again, maybe for the 100th time, but it doesn't matter. But if you want to pray this prayer and you want to accept Jesus into your life, we're going to pray this prayer together. So repeat this after me. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for sending your son Jesus to die on the cross for my sins. I know that I've sinned, that I've made mistakes. Forgive me of my sin and come into my life. I declare you as my Lord and my Savior. Thank you for accepting me. Thank you for your grace. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. With, with your heads bowed and your eyes closed for just one more moment, if today you made that declaration, if today that was you and you would say, Pastor, I'm the one, I was the one that Jesus is speaking to, that the Holy Spirit's working in. If today you're making a declaration, maybe it was the first time or it's a comeback time that you're just saying, I'm coming back to Jesus. Would you just lift your hand so I can acknowledge it and just pray with you and pray for you? I'm not going to call you out or bring you to the front, but if that's you today, would you just lift your hand? Praise God. Praise God. So here's the second part of this service with your heads bowed and your eyes closed right before we receive communion. If you've been in the cycle of works, because trust me, I've been a pastor in the cycle of works many times in my life, and I constantly have to be reminded to come back, to, to come back to the cycle of grace. If you're saying, Pastor, I need to get off that treadmill, I need to get off that hamster wheel, I keep on spinning and I'm going, 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 and I'm going nowhere, and here and now I'm asking that I would accept the cycle of grace, that I would be accepted for who I am and for what Jesus has done for me. If that's you today, would you just lift your hand right where you're at and say, Pastor, that's me. All over this room, I see hands on my right, right here in the middle, on my left. Praise God. Praise God. God, you see hands and you know hearts. You know what's going on in the lives of people. I thank you for the good things that you're doing. Continue to do it in these, your people, I pray. Help us to stop striving, to stop comparing, stop competing. God, just to be accepted, sustained, and significant in who you are and whose we are. And God, through that, then, then achievement can come and uh, growth can come and just more of what you have for me, for us. We love you and we thank you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So Luke chapter 22, 
is where we'll find ourselves as you get your uh, communion elements ready. Jesus is reclining at the table with his disciples, and he says, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer, for I tell you I will not eat it again until it finds fulfillment in the kingdom of God. After taking the cup, he gave thanks, and he said, Take this and divide it among you, for I tell you I will not drink again from the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took the bread, he gave thanks, and he broke it, and he gave it to them, and he said, This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let's take and eat of this together. And in the same way, after the supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. Let's do this in remembrance of him and be thankful. God, thank you for your body broken. Thank you for your bloodshed. Thank you that when you said it is finished, you were talking about us. You were talking about me. You were talking about the work that was done for eternity for our salvation. Thank you that we don't have to work. Thank you that we don't have to compete or compare. God, show us what it means to stay in the center of your will, surrounded by your grace. It's in Jesus' name we pray. And all of God's people said, amen, amen. Hey, let's sing this closing song together. And if you need prayer for any reason whatsoever, I just want you to make your way towards the front. Allow somebody to come behind you, rest their hand on your back, pray with you, pray over you. If you need prayer for anything, come on, come on up. Be shaken. I won't be. 
Good morning. How you guys doing? Praise God. You may be seated. My name is Pastor Mikey. I'm the youth pastor here at Renew Church. Man, if this is your first time joining us, welcome again. Uh, man, feel free to fill out that Connect card that's on your seat. Drop it off in one of the buckets on your way out. We want to get to know you guys. Um, I'm going to share some announcements with you guys, and then we'll get on out of here. Um, next weekend is our growth track. You're probably wondering, what in the world is growth track? Is it some kind of physical activity? I promise you it is not, okay? What growth track is, is if you're a newer family to Renew Church, it's kind of an inside peek of what it is that we do, why we do what we do, why we're here, and how you can be a part of that. It's, it's hard a lot of times to, to get um, answers to all of the questions you have on a Sunday morning, but growth track is the perfect place to go if you want to know just a little bit more about Renew Church and where you fit into that. So Growth Track is every second and third Sunday. So next week will be the second Sunday of the month, and it's immediately after first service. So you guys are in second service. So I'd recommend going to the first service if you want to be a part of that and then heading out to Growth Track. It's in the Connections building. It's to my left, to your right. Another thing we have coming up is baptism. If you are new to following Jesus, man, we encourage baptism. What is baptism? Baptism is just that next step in, in your commitment to Christ, right? When you go into the water and when you raise out, it's you're, you're, you're symbolizing death to yourself and raising into new life in Christ. You're making that a public display of your faith, and we encourage that. And if that's you, if you're considering baptism, you can check out our website, www.renew.miami forward slash baptism. There's a bunch of information on baptisms there. There's even a registration link if you want to get baptized to let us know. Or just come find a pastor and we'd be more than happy to talk to you about baptism. Now, lastly, is anybody in this worship center familiar with the event we do at Misfit Youth called Color Wars? 
Well, Color Wars comes once a year, and Color Wars is around the corner. It's our big event for our youth group. You know what? Check out this video. This year, things will be different. Red team wins it! I put in the work. First ever Color Wars champions! I put in the hours. I... can't say the next line for copyright purposes. This isn't about people remembering my name. Oscar! 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 This is about family. Better luck next year, old man! I'm not even 50. <laughs> just training because um, last year I lost this competition at my church and I'm trying to get revenge and I'm just training because I really want to crush the youth pastor. Youth pastors. A new champ is due. The time is now for Team Blue. Color Wars, are you ready? Color Wars 2022, man, March 12th. It's our big event for our youth group. So if you've got any 6th to 12th graders, man, it's not too late to register. Just bring them on the 12th. Registration starts at 11 a.m., so be there early. Man, and if you, don't have, if you guys want to just come and enjoy what's going on, we would appreciate that because that's actually one of our biggest fundraising days of the year. We'll be selling um, hot food, baked goods, a bunch of different stuff so that we can get our teens to summer camp this year as well. So, who's going for red team? <laughs> Can't lie at church, guys. No, man, but Color Wars, it's going to be a great time. Hope to see you guys there. All right, shut up. No. Lastly, guys, if you'd like to give to Renew Church, I just want to let you guys know that there's a few ways that you can do that. 
Uh, the first way is in person via the envelopes in the seat pocket in front of you, and you can drop them off in one of the buckets on your way out. The second way to do that is to do it online by visiting renew.miami forward slash giving. And the third and final way to do that is to do it via text by texting give to 786-565-1165. Would you pray with me? God, we thank you for this day. Lord, we pray that you would bless this offering this morning, God. Use it, God. Use it to reach people, Father. Use it so that we can do events like this, God, that will just pour into our community and, and build community and just, God, share the love of Jesus with people. Um, I pray that you bless these people, Father, as they give to you in this way, Father, as they worship you in this way. God, bless them. You know their needs, Father. You know what we're going through. We know that you're good. It's in Jesus' name that we all pray. Amen. All right, guys. See you next Sunday.